Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is Portfolio Careers. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, If you could all just introduce yourselves, that'd be great. Hi everyone, my name's Lucy Hutchinson. Um, I'm joining you today as the FAST Placements Officer. So I'm part of the overall careers team at Lancaster University. Um, And prior to working at the university, I was a freelance photographer. Um, I worked with Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Clean Bandit, and a few other names that you might have heard of. So I'm gonna be talking to you a little bit about my experience today as um, someone who freelanced and had a portfolio career. Thanks, Lucy. Hiya, I'm Laura. Um, I'm a careers advisor in Central Careers and just recently also taken a maternity cover, um, student opportunities and skills developer. So I work with students, supporting them with their career journeys, helping them with CVs, cover letters and previous to um, my career in careers, um, I was a teacher for 13 years and also had a company called Lemon Blossom Health for a year too. Um, we're talking to you a little bit about that today. Thank you. Hi, this is Sanjay. Uh, I work in the area of transition and uh, I run an international practice uh, working with clients in uh, three sectors, for-profit, development sector and uh, NGOs and social business. So what is transition? Transition is the point where you have left what you knew and you haven't yet arrived at what you are dreaming. And it's that in-between space of excitement and nervousness. And uh, whether you call it leadership coaching, you call it uh, organization development, you call it uh, leadership development, it's all full of transition, especially in today's times. So career choices and decisions are crucial. So looking forward to talking about that. Fab, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, So I guess the first question is hopefully quite a simple question. What are portfolio careers? Portfolio careers are kind of, you know, they take many different shapes and forms. Um, So for me, um, in my sort of portfolio career, it meant that I was freelancing and I was doing lots of different jobs at the same time, um, which kind of made up a big portfolio of work. So for example, I was a freelance photographer um, and I did some work in the studio, doing baby photography and portraits. Um, I did lots of work um, on events, so shooting festivals and gigs, um, working for people like Sony um, or you know, marketing different sorts of festivals and working with different bands. Um, but because of the nature of freelance work, sometimes you might have loads and loads of bookings coming in, maybe it's event season, maybe it's Christmas, um, and you'll have loads of work, and then sometimes it might dry up, so after Christmas, no one's got any money. So to supplement my income, I would also do some work in a cafe. So we sometimes call that having an A job and a B job. So your B job is kind of your supplementary income just to help you stay afloat when it's a little bit quiet. A lot of freelancers do this. Um, It might be that, you know, daytime you're waiting tables and in the evening you're off out playing a gig somewhere um so it's quite common in the creative industries um particularly if you are self-employed or freelancing so that was my experience um i know you guys will have got kind of you know slightly different journeys to discuss as well amazing i think that's fascinating lucy and i completely agree with it and i tend to start looking at it now thanks to covid which has accelerated I think one's view of employment, employability, and 
the longevity of organizations. I think they were already under attack, but COVID has just accelerated the demise of uh, organizations as we know it. And I think the point has come where people have started looking at what are their skills and how they can monetize them, right? So mm. preferences and strengths. Now your preferences, for example, Lucy, could be photography and your strengths could be in another job. But to invest in photography, that particular job pays up till, till your preference takes wings. So I think there is a big opportunity right now to work across uh, time zones, to work across the different skill sets that one has, and not necessarily look at the day as an eight-hour day, because uh, yeah. you could do a voiceover for 20 minutes and you could make some money if you have a good voice. You could write a script. And, and I used to do that at one time when I was freelancing. I used to write scripts for corporate films and training films. And I used to design and facilitate workshops. So I think today the monetizing of skills is the key. I think that's brilliant. I'll just jump in again and say I think it's all about monetizing your skills in a world where we don't just have one job for life anymore and I think you really sometimes have to hustle and thrive um, you know in the best ways that you can as an individual so it's not necessarily about fitting yourself into a box um, sometimes we say you know it's it's like fitting a square peg into a round hole if you find that you've got loads of different strengths and you know you're in drama we call it the triple threat let's say you can sing dance and act um, <laughs> then maybe it's about finding a type of career that allows you to use all of those different strengths rather than just going, okay, I'm going to get one day job. Um, so that's, yeah, that's one take on it as well, I guess. Absolutely. And one of our previous podcasts, I think the first ever podcast actually in season one, um, talked about things that people wish they'd known about their careers and um, looking back on them. And actually, that's a really interesting discussion if you want to think about how you don't just get a job for life anymore and how people change and do career changes and stuff and how their kind of career journey happens. Um, so that's just something to highlight there. It's a really good podcast. So I think uh, one of the things which... Uh, we, uh, as, uh, as we have the excitement to explore our different strengths and preferences and so on, uh, is also confronting uh, security. Uh, you are also uh, at the mercy of the tides, you know, and, and therefore uh, working sensibly to create uh, financial security uh, is, is as important yeah, I think it's a good good way of sort of designing your own life as well. You know, you might not want to do the nine till five and, you know, the, the, the you know, be in the rat race and you might want to think <laughs> about what your interests are. You like you, you both mentioned about strengths and then looking at how these also relate to the, the labour market and the skill shortages as well. Um, so I think that's important to keep up to date with those kind of things. Um, and also that this can happen at any time in your life as well. I mean, like you said, there are so many people who are changing careers now it's not a career for life um i know myself my experience was that i was in a career um but i had an interest in nutrition and wanted to pursue this further so i did a course um outside on a, on a weekend and then um i just set up on a saturday and it just went from there um in the end i decided not to pursue 
go down that line but I did it for a year and it was a good way of keeping in my job but also you know doing it on part on a part-time basis to see how I felt about it and I really got to know what that type of career would be like and in the end decided actually I love it as a hobby but it's not for me as a career so you know you can you can experiment as well with these things which is really good Absolutely. That's such an important learning point as well. Um, you can try things, especially when you're just graduating and doing internships, maybe in your course. Um, try things. Try things that you may be not thinking that uh, might be right for you. Think about why you want to do them and try them. And ultimately, if you don't like them, then happy days. You've learned that you don't like them. Um, so that's a really positive thing um, in that as well. Um, so Laura, what would you say is the difference between a traditional career and a portfolio career because you've kind of done a mixture of the two I guess. Yeah so I suppose Lucy's touched on this already um you know with your portfolio career you've got a you know it's multifaceted you know you could be doing five different jobs um you know and I think in terms of that your time management is key um so I know with, <laughs> with me uh, when I was doing the nutrition side of it I was creating worksheets I was sending emails out so I was doing the day-to-day stuff and then I was getting home and I may have had to create a different resource or, you know, send an email or send some kind of information or follow up on something. Um, and that took a lot of time. So actually what I was getting paid at an hourly rate was getting lower and lower because I was spending more time, you know, when I got home. Mm-hmm. So really, really important thing is to, you know, time management, really think about your time and how much time you want to put into those different types of careers. Um, and each one is going to have a, you, you might have a different objective for each one as well um, and then I suppose your traditional type of career is you know you, you're, in, you're working in one place you're working for one employer um, you know you might have a set number of hours that you do a week um, usually you know set, set time um, so I suppose it depends on you know what, what type of lifestyle that you really want at the end of the day and also you know security has been mentioned if you're the type of person who you know likes that security you want your holidays you want your sick days um you know you want to put into a pension you know if you're thinking long term <laughs> these are the you know these are things to think about if you if you you know you're thinking about a portfolio career but also what else a portfolio career gives you is you know you've got variety you are in charge of your own time you know you you, you can include interests into your career um you know, so, and it's, you know, if you're interested in that, it's definitely worth developing because you can always then possibly then choose one of those things that you're doing to pursue on a full-time basis. Absolutely. That sounds really good. Um, so what kind of steps can students or maybe graduates take to enter that kind of portfolio career world, I guess? So I think uh, one of the things uh, which is extremely important is... Uh, besides the traditional having a good resume and so on and so forth, is to start tuning in to who are those institutions, industries that one is interested in and reaching out to people who really excel there. And and the reason I emphasize that is because normally you network through a safe route. I know this person, They, even if they say no to me, it will be a soft no. But it's best to go for people you admire and you say, hey, listen, I really like your work and I'd like to work with your organization, right? And that directness is important 
at first their identification and the second the directness right? and the third is don't do it for free and what do I mean by that you do it pro bono but did you get a letter right you get a mention on the company website you get a mention on a LinkedIn post somewhere you know so you are you are acknowledged and that's how actually networking begins networking doesn't begin by making a list of names it begins by showing interest and energy which allows someone else to see your energy and see how they can use that energy for their ends. So networking is transfer of energy and trust. Uh, and, and I think those are important uh, things. Uh, leverage the, uh, the tools in the university, the career placement wings, and those opportunities, talk to people, uh, have the emotional stamina to call. Absolutely. I suppose one of the first things that you could do is do a skills audit, um, you know, and just in terms of what your strengths are, what your skills are, what you actually enjoy, and then um, have a look at the sectors, you know, the different sectors that you're interested in and the roles. Um, the thing what you could do is maybe use LinkedIn as well um, and see what other people have gone into. Um, and like Sanjay's saying, um, you know, use your network, talk to people. Um, I think that's really important because you can get some really good ideas from what other people have done and what their experiences have been. Um, uh, we do workshops as well. Um, if you want to come <laughs> into a port, may as well plug this. Uh, me and Lucy <laughs> actually do um, a portfolio careers workshop, which are more than welcome um, to to join us on um, when we do it. Um, and also there's some really great resources as well on Ab Integro if, um, if you want to look at that. But I think, yeah, do, do your skills audit. audit. Um, and another thing what you could do is there are breakfast clubs that people go to. So if you go to um, a breakfast club which takes place in your local area, you can meet people that maybe be accountants or work in HR or they're lawyers or, you know, a different range of sectors. And if you go and pitch your idea to them, you're then creating a new network and you can, you know, do each other favours, you know, you, you plug their ideas and, you know, they will help you as well. So that's another good way of, you know, developing your network. Yeah, it's fantastic. Know your unique selling points. Okay, so this is about knowing exactly what you're good at. So it's like doing a skills audit and saying, all right, I can offer this. I can do it really well. And this is what it looks like. And if you can say to somebody during networking that, you know, you can add this value to what they do, then you've got your instant in there. So while it's, you know, it's really important to network and go out there, it's important to know what your offering is and how you can create that impact, create that value. So always saying, what can I add? Um, I think another thing as well, like Sanjay said before, don't work for free. I think it's really key to um, to give yourself the credibility by proving what you can do. Um, but in a portfolio career, you do need to have income, and this is a key aspect of the security factor. So you you can't pay your bills with exposure. And unfortunately, when you are working, um, you know, in, in a lot of fields, there is a, a big culture around unpaid work. Um, so for me, for example, 
being a photographer, a lot of people would say, oh, you know, you come and work for us. It'll be a once in a lifetime experience. We'll give you this amazing exposure. When actually, when it comes to things like paying into a pension or getting a mortgage, you need <laughs> that stability. Um, you need that solid, stable income, um, which is one of the reasons why it's good to have an A job and a B job. Um, so I think initial steps, know yourself, know who you want to work with, know why they want to work for you and be ready to to connect up with them be ready to take an opportunity say yes and also remember that anyone could be your next boss anyone could be your next client so always keep your eyes open for the next opportunity <laughs> that sounds good i i just wanted to slip that uh, one one sentence in edgewise uh, lucy in what you said about preparation never approach someone without doing your homework about them and their organization there is nothing mm-hmm. so putting off as a bright energetic <laughs> dewy eyed person saying hey i need to work for you and when you say what do you know about us and the person says mm. well i haven't yet checked your website you know yeah that's 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 always going to um be more of a setback um you want to impress that person by showing your research. And we say this in careers all the time. You know, when you're mm-hmm. doing your CV or cover letter applications, make it tailored, make this person feel important. You know, part of a, a, a key kind of aspect of networking and even kind of, I don't know, confidence and charisma is make that person you're talking to feel like they're important. Show them why they're important to you. Show them how you can work well together. And that's how you can spark a connection. It's like finding that common ground. Don't be desperate, you know. Uh, <laughs> there is a fine line between uh, following up and becoming a nag, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so it, you, you'll get to know very quickly. And it's better to cut your losses rather than hope. So, so you are reaching out for more opportunity. Amazing. So obviously there's a lot more that we could talk about in this podcast um, and we really wish you could, but we want to keep it to a set time. Um, So just before we finish, have you all got a tip that you want to share with our final years, our students, our graduates, whoever's listening to this podcast? Mm. Yeah, I've I've got one. Um, I think one of the things that I fell down on when I was actually setting up myself was the marketing side of things. Um, So for me, in order for this to work for me, I had to get a room um you know for me to practice in um, and have clients come to um and i got this started by using um e-commerce sites including Woucher, um and groupon and that's how i actually started to get my clients so i was actually starting although i could get get you know get my clients i was starting my money was kind of halfway down i think it was 50 and then it went down to 25 and then actually went down to 12 pound 50 um, and so in terms of that, it was a great way of actually getting clients and casting the net and getting myself out there. But what I needed to do was get more of the, you know, the, the clients that were going to pay me full whack in order to make myself <laughs> to keep to keep going with the actual um, career. So I think, you know, what I could have done is use use a range of social media sites, um, although I did use LinkedIn. I don't think I'd used it enough. Um, you know, I need to keep posting every day um, and also link that with with other social media websites as well, um, you know, like Twitter and Facebook. Um, and also in terms of marketing, you, Sanjay talked about, you know, 
offering things, you know, do, doing some free kind of stuff, but making sure you're getting something back from that. That's a really good way of also marketing yourself. And you could also maybe, um, you know, maybe do some volunteering or be a trustee or something like that. Um, but just making sure that, you know, you do get something back from that yourself in order to get yourself and your name out there. Absolutely. That's a really good one. Um, I'm a trustee for a charity and Lucy, I know you're a trustee for a charity as well. Um, and it's just such a fantastic experience if you feel like you can do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think following on the back of that, um, just like Laura said, you know, it feeds into marketing, but get yourself out there and, you know, turn up to things, um, you know, show up, work with others in whatever capacity that is. And I think in terms of growing your business, but also, you know, just embedding yourself in the scene that's around you, knowing what the demands are of that, that sort of culture or that setting um, and work well with others because if you can collaborate with others and um, you can grow your audience by adapting to their audience too so collaborate as much as you can like if you're an artist and you know someone else who's a writer why not work together to create something um you know or if you i mean at university it's so easy to meet people you know if you join a society and there's someone there who studies marketing and you know let's say you are an actor or something you can work together and do so much and you won't necessarily have that chance again to network in that way so um turn up meet people collaborate that would be my advice so very quickly i think the following two three things one uh, always focus on the decision maker whenever you are looking out for things don't get deterred by the people who are uh, who are uh, in the way right Go to the decision maker, even if that person is daunting to begin with. Second, uh, create a net nest egg, uh, so so that you're always secure for a rainy day. And the third is, I mean, it's true for grey-haired people like me, but it's especially true for young people starting on their career. <laughs> you can defer your dream a bit, but never ever get distracted or derailed from it you know because opportunities are going to come so don't let the dream go while you're doing doing as lucy said job a or b or c that's a really good one i can i just add something else um the, the, i suppose that another tip is to maybe think about what your outgoings are as well so if you're going to take on a portfolio career you know add up what you actually need to earn in a month as well so what you need <laughs> to earn from your b job as lucy was saying mm -hmm. and and then go from there and just make sure that you know you can pay your rent you can pay your petrol for your car if you have one um <laughs> you know you maybe you need to put um sanjay mentioned having a nest egg but maybe putting money away for your professional development as well in order for you to develop your skills regularly and keeping up to date with you know current trends um, and also just make sure you're keeping up to date with the, the labour market within you know your particular sector as well. I think this is a great one so just to um, add on to that Laura and myself we do a, um, a portfolio careers workshop where we go over all of these sort of practicalities like budgeting and finance in real detail because we could go on about this you know all about how to manage <laughs> your business finances how to stay afloat um, and that's absolutely huge but um, mm -hmm. I'd say come along to our um, portfolio careers workshop 
you can book in on Target Connect and we will talk you through all of this step by step. We'll show you where to get the right support, how to um, you know, plan for these things because there are some things you can't plan for and that all comes back to having that thick skin, having that emotional resilience um, and actually yeah, having a balance. Work in progress are amazing as well by the way. So we have an awesome enterprise team at Lancaster University led by Simon Harrison um, and his, his fantastic team. They do a really good project called um, the business canvas model okay so this is where you look at a business and you look at the key components that it takes to make it work um, so your commercial awareness is always going to be key even if you're a creative even if you don't want to work for the man you kind of have to know the basics <laughs> of how to manage your finances in a business context so these guys are there for you as well as careers um, and you know don't be afraid to book an appointment reach out because we're all here to help you Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a really interesting conversation um, and I hope it's been interesting for you who are listening too. Um, so thank you for listening to Get That Grad Job. Um, thank you especially to my brilliant guests from today's podcast. Tune in next time for more information and advice on getting your grad job. Bye.